This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. Value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. I received a body of work a couple of days ago which says, why China now? That's the headline. And then after that, it says investment opportunities don't come much bigger than China currently. With me is co-portfolio manager at Investec Asset Management based in Hong Kong, and that is Wen Cheng Ma. That's quite a statement, Wen Cheng. I mean, it really does sort of encapsulate what the China story is, because last year, the All China Index, the MSCI All China Index, fell by 27% in dollar terms. But you're saying that this is the opportunity of a lifetime almost. Yes, I think actually with the market drawdown last year, uh, value has definitely become something that uh, was very, very attractive on the China market. Even as we speak today, the China market has already recovered by about 30% year to day. That's combining the onshore and the offshore portion both. Um, so that's only um, has bring the market back to the June 2018 level. So meaning the market has only just recovered what it has lost in terms of the ground in the second half of 2018. And if we look at the Chinese market now, uh, we still think it is a very attractive market. And the reasons there are quite obvious to us. One is that it is a very attractive growth opportunities out there in the Chinese economy. And at a reasonable valuation, we're looking at about 12.4 times forward price to earnings multiples. And that is uh, slightly above 11.7 times uh, 10-year historical average of that market. And on top of that, the uh, Chinese market is uh, increasingly important as an asset class in the global investors' portfolios. Uh, that is supported by the MSCI's decision to include China A shares further uh, within 2019 from its initial 5% inclusion factor to 20% inclusion factor. And last but not least, the uh, retail-driven uh, market on the Asian market actually has a lot of biases, and those biases actually create uh, great opportunities for disciplined fundamental investors, uh, such as ourselves, who actually have a long-term investment horizon. So with all those reasons, we actually think the Chinese market is a very, very good opportunity for global investors for the long term. Yes, it is. And you've been talking about top-down and bottom-up stuff uh, during the last couple of minutes of your excellent answer. But you say in the wake of a tumultuous year that saw the MSCI All Share Index fall by 26.6%, we believe that proactive steps taken by policymakers have started to bear fruit. So you're not just talking about the valuations here. You're talking about policymaking issues that the Chinese authorities have... They've taken them by the scruff of the neck, to use an English phrase. Well, we think if we look at the drawdown last year, actually a lot of that was driven by uh, the Chinese government actually was pushing a little bit too hard on the liquidity side in terms of the policy, whereas they have been actually making the correction since the end of last year. And this year, the policy making is getting a lot smarter. What we have seen is that the government announced that they want to be more proactive in fiscal policies and they want to be prudent on the monetary policies at the same time. Um, so in terms of the fiscal policies, uh, there have already been a lot of uh, 
initiatives being launched, such as increasing infrastructure investment, uh, cutting off uh, VAT tax, cutting off social insurance contribution of corporates. So those have actually released quite a lot of firepower into the economy. And in terms of the monetary policy, uh, they said that they want to uh, they want to avoid aggressive stimulus on the monetary side. But what they want to do is actually to make the transmission of monetary policy into the economy uh, smoother, so to remove some of the obstacles that historically have remained in the system. So that way, we actually have seen the market responded quite positively on those policy fronts. And we have started to see some of the macro indicators showing some positive signs as well. I think you've got to dispel a few myths about the trade wars between the United States and and China, because that is obviously something that is uh, headline news for some of the more popular uh, television stations around the world. But uh, what do you think about it? It is dragging on. Is that a good sign or a bad sign? Right. So there has already been uh, nine rounds of negotiations that uh, have happened (laughs) between the two countries. Uh, And according to the latest news, uh, the two countries have made some progress on some of the most difficult questions. Uh, So there actually might be a deal in a month or two. Uh, So as fundamental bottom-up investors, we do not try to predict what the outcome these negotiations are going to be, or we do not try to forecast the policies. Um, realistically, both countries will probably need to make some sort of compromise. Uh, for China, there may be some short-term pain in certain areas of the economy, but it might also be an opportunity to push for the reforms in uh, some areas it has found very hard to make in the past. Um, I think in the end, trade is one piece of the big puzzle here. The key is really uh, still how the Chinese government manages the transition of the economy from an export manufacturing-driven economy to a consumption-driven economic model. Continuing to push for the reforms and encourage the innovation in the economy are still at the center of that transition. One of the great phrases from the piece that you kindly sent me is the following. The headline is, time to change the conversation. Then you go on to say, in the light of China's willingness to address potential headwinds head on and in a prudent, targeted way, and with the market now on a more stable footing, we believe, Investec Asset Management believes, that conversations about the country will once again focus on the longer-term opportunity that this emerging superpower could offer equity investors. And when I read that, I think to myself... Are people underinvested in this emerging superpower? Yes, that has been the case over the past decade, and that remains the case uh, even as we speak today. Um, but year to date, we have seen actually the northbound flow through Stock Connect program via Hong Kong to mainland China has already been uh, quite strong, and that's actually remained the, the, the case since the launch of the Stock Connector program at the end of 2014. So global investors have been increasing their allocation into China, but still on the uh, broad scheme of things, the overall allocation into China versus how much China represents in terms of the global economy and in terms of uh, uh, its representation in the emerging market indices, uh, global investors are still quite underinvested into the Chinese equity market. 
Is there any particular sector that one should be looking at? I don't want to get too specific. I don't want you to get company specific, but I would like you to give us an overview of maybe some areas that are overhyped or overvalued and some that are undervalued. Maybe you could give us a brief synopsis of that. I think in terms of the sectors, we do not try to make uh, any top-down calls. We are actually very bottom-up driven uh, in terms of our stock selections. So even uh, in some of the sectors where our four-factor screen are showing negative steers, there can be uh, very attractive investment targets. So I think it will be a little bit too uh, broad to mention sector specifics. Uh, At the moment, our four-factor screen does like industrials, it does like communication services, energy and utilities, but we have also found very attractive investments in sectors like consumer staples and discretionary. We have found companies in real estate, uh, etc. Yes, you do say at the end of the piece, you say, we also think that our unrestricted all-China approach makes the most sense for investors. Domestically listed A shares offer a much broader exposure to China's domestic growth drivers than the offshore listed eight shares and ADRs used in previous years and therefore provide a better representation of the Chinese economy. In your view, you say right at the end. When I read that paragraph, it tells me that some people might get a little bit confused about investing in the Chinese equity market. China's equity market, but all China equity and investor asset management obviously simplifies this matter. I think the best way is to take an all China approach, looking at the best opportunities that the Chinese economy has to present, irrespective of where those companies are listed, be it onshore or offshore listings. I think the Chinese economy is such a vast and diversified one, and you can find these attractive opportunities in both listing locations, both onshore and offshore. So it's best to take a fundamental bottom-up view and really try to find the the best quality companies at attractive valuations uh, with the improving operating momentum and the technical signals. Wen Chang, thanks so much for your insight. That's Wen Chang Ma, who's co-portfolio manager at Investec Asset Management in Hong Kong. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider.